what everyone is missing about the Sinclair media story. There's been a shooting at YouTube. We'll talk about that and the most ridiculous thing of the week. The most ridiculous so far, anyway. You're listening to the Propaganda Report. I'm Brad Binkley. I'm here with Monica Perez. Monica, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's a pretty nice day outside. It's not too hot, not too cold, and the sun is shining through. It's like a weather That's awesome. report. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yes, talk to me. The Sinclair Media story. What is Sinclair Media? Sinclair Media, or Sinclair Broadcast Group, is a telecommunications company that owns local news networks across the country. And earlier this week, they were at the center of a scandal, or they still are, not scandal, but of controversy, when someone, I can't remember who did, but someone edited together a bunch of news clips of their broadcasters across the country repeating the same script that was warning their viewers of fake news. I'll play you a background clip just to fill in some of the info. Anchors from Sinclair-owned television stations across the country being required to read a script warning viewers about fake news and false reports being, quote, extremely dangerous to our democracy. That got widespread attention after Deadspin published a video montage showing anchors echoing the same lines in the mandated script. Now, the Sinclair Broadcast Group is responding to the criticism. In a memo sent to Sinclair employees yesterday, the senior vice president of news, Scott Livingston, wrote... The critics are now upset about our well-researched journalistic initiative focused on fair and objective reporting. Livingston also defended the promos in a press release, writing, We find it curious that we would be attacked for asking our news people to remind their audiences that unsubstantiated stories exist on social media. Okay, and they played the audio. We've, we've put a lot of these on, on our website that Conan O'Brien put together where it shows the news anchors saying the exact same thing yeah it was just one of those have you heard it no i mean i heard the conan and brian one i'll play a part of it the the point this is reminds me of the email i got got the hate troll email i just got yes and that is very <laughs> relevant Patrick. but they're using this very specifically it's, it's very deceptive what they're doing here what the mainstream media is doing here when you listen to this you hear a bunch of anchors repeating the same script something that we've showcased over and over again as i just mentioned that's not anything that's new but what's new is how the mainstream media is using this to attack local media all local media let me play you the montage then we'll talk about it a little bit more the sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Okay, the story from the mainstream media is that Sinclair Broadcasting is delivering pro-Trump, anti-mainstream media messages to local news outlets all over the country and that news anchors are being forced to read this pro-Trump, anti-mainstream media message, even though they don't actually mention any specific mainstream media outlets and they don't actually say anything about Trump. Yes, it is scripted. The script is pointing out that there is fake news out there. Is this a conservative network? Yeah, it is. However, what they're trying to do is they're trying to 
make the public believe that Sinclair Media controls local news all over the country and that if it's local news, it's Sinclair Media. If it's Sinclair Media, it's local news. Therefore, you cannot trust any local news. That's what this is about. It's about discrediting local media, all local media, by associating it with Sinclair and this script reading that they've been showing all over the news the past couple of days. It's about separating people from their local influences and reestablishing the mainstream media, the national media, as the trusted authority on all that is news. Local influences are the strongest obstacle to world government, to coming under the influence of you know, Leninist-type communist control. Well, it's so the concept of subsidiarity where it's a Catholic thing about rulemaking, but at the lowest level of control is where the control should lie. If you can handle it as an individual, do that. If you handle it within your family, that if you have to, then go up to the family level, then go ascend. Don't start at the top, ascend to the top, empower at the bottom. But this email I got is clearly scripted, and she says... Trump supporters believe the kind of nonsense that you're spewing or whatever. Yep. Like, what? why would she say Trump supporters? Like, what kind of low blow is that? And as if she listened to my show ever before, Clearly. which she most definitely did not. I want to read the whole email if you want. Okay. Should I read it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I caught a little bit of your radio show and was disturbed by your belief that the major news outlets are more likely fake news than Facebook posts and other internet stories that are passed around. I don't. I don't think I said exactly that, but... What we said was, they said, don't, the number one thing is don't believe people you know, believe the mainstream media. That's what we were talking about. That's what the International Fact Checking Network was recommending in their tips. Okay, so then the next sentence is, the general stuff I get from people that get it from the internet are typically, like 90%, debunked by Snopes. Another hilarious thing, because Snopes was no doubt created to carry out Cass Sunstein's cognitive infiltration and and debunk conspiracy theories. But what Snopes does is quash or squash, I never know which is the right answer, the um, any little brush fire of, of real facts that might be bubbling up. Yeah, in, exactly. Snopes just supports the official narrative. It doesn't do anything All else. the time. And all it does in its fact check is, and they have very specific technique, they write really, 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 really long articles. So to ensure that the people who are coming to fact check won't read the entire article, and they put the question, the controversial question in the headline, and then they put in bright red or green uh, true or false or mixed. Yeah. So people read the headline, they go directly to the true or false. They never read yes. the entire article. But what they actually debunk or don't debunk in the article is a straw man. They don't actually it, yeah. answer it's the all, question. And it's often meandering so that you're it's, not even right. 100% sure. They are totally exactly what you just said, designed to suppress truth, not to bring it out. And, and yeah. some of their fact checks are accurate because you have to of course. mostly accurate if you yeah. want to And lie. there are plenty of disinfo stories. It wouldn't surprise me if disinfo was put out there for Snopes to gain credibility by... That's a good point. You know, I mean, you see that stuff all the time. So uh, so I advocate strict truth dar. Hone your truth dar. I don't think you should believe the info right. or the disinfo or the official narrative, whatever. So her next and CNN week, quotes Snopes all the time. That Well, you said she sounded like CNN. But this next sentence absolutely floors me. Generally speaking, the stuff on the major networks must go through some sort of process before they air. Right. Exactly what was said on the International Fact-Checking Network. Let's just – 
Oh, really? That's part yeah, of their that, – that, She might as well have been reading from their tips. She might have been. The Sinclair Media thing happened on International Fact Checking Day, which is a completely biased – it might as well be called International Fact Suppression Day because that's what it is. And this email comes like uh, you know a day after International Fact Checking Day. Yes, correct. I got this. That. So, but but I just have to point out, like that sentence is insane. I, or I hate the, using the word insane. It's not a good argument on <laughs> several levels because uh, the major networks must go through some sort of process. Generally speaking, the stuff on major networks must go through some sort of process before they air. In her mind, that sentence passes a a verity test that my lifelong work, I have a show called The Propaganda Report, uh, you know, that I am wrong in questioning the mainstream media's accuracy because Quote, generally speaking, the stuff on major networks must go through some sort of process before they air. She doesn't go on to explain that. She goes on to to be mean to me, which I'll get to. But some uh, sort of process. Yeah, what? Like a script? I know what process it is. It's called censorship. I've spoke to and witnessed it at every, well, at a few different levels, including the very top of uh, one of the major news what do you call it? What are the major news outlets like uh, aggregators, the news wires, you know? Um, and it does, it doesn't go through any verification process. It's been adjudicated that they do not owe you the truth. And there it is virtually the stuff they say that is on its face wrong proves that there's no recourse whatsoever. Nothing ever gets stopped because it's not true. And I've seen the sort of process it goes through. I've done it. I, I I don't have access to this process. I'm the only one I know who actually has a mainstream media show who does not have access to the process. Because what the process is, is if it was in the Wall Street Journal this morning, I can say it and no one will question me. Yeah. I can just cite the newspaper I read this morning. That's the process they go through. And since I actually try to debunk the stuff in the newspaper, I have to have real things, real counterpoints evidence right makes it obvious she had never listened to your show before and that she's a troll because this wasn't the first time you had talked about (laughs) how you don't believe the mainstream well that's what we get to i think you are doing a great disservice by giving the impression that the major networks are part of some conspiracy of fake news and the internet garbage is somehow more to be believed now i will say that i think trump participated in the launch of this psyop about fake news, because that is what's spawning this uh, regulation of the of the media. So, so this whole fake news dialectic back and forth is going to come down as a justification for censorship. And you see calls for censorship coming from the left and the right. The right is saying we want equal representation and the government needs to crack down on things like YouTube so that we get it. But that's just control. And uh, so I'm, I don't want to I don't like being viewed as chiming in with the whole Trump fake news thing, because I think he's deliberately playing into the dialectic and maybe I'm inadvertently doing so, which I do not like. Okay. But here's the kicker. Here's the hilarious sentence, the sentence of sentences for a troll. 
You lowered yourself significantly in my opinion of you. Oh. <laughs> oh, did you you need to win her approval back? There there's two big things there. I lowered myself significantly. So she's just being mean to me. And she's stating that she had an opinion of, of me, which cannot be true. Yeah, she had an opinion clearly of me, she had never listened to it. What would it have been based on? Held her tongue for so long. Clearly never. Okay. But it not only held her tongue, but had a higher opinion of me, despite the fact that I say stuff worse than this all the time. All you got to do is, is follow some of these people like, Ezra Levin, the indivisible guy, anybody who is one of the women's march leaders, and you will see they use that type of language all the time because they teach these they teach these agitators and trolls to try and shame people to like you talked about the Scientology approach, try to make people win their approval back. Oh my God, this person used down, to right? like me, and now they don't like me anymore. Now, just so you know, I have never, ever, and would never read somebody's email without permission ever. I've never done it before. But this is so clearly a troll that, you know what I mean? She, she's, she's, it's full of lies, you know, like, so I know I'm not betraying, I don't even believe her real name because the name it, she uses has no relationship whatsoever to the website. I mean, I got a, I got an email once from a, from an, uh, I mean, her email address. I got an email once from an email address that Literally was I hate Monica Perez at yahoo.com. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the guy. What a coincidence. <laughs> he established the email solely to abuse me. Oh. Yes. So anyway, but here you're going to like the last sentence. It is like the belief that everyone on welfare is driving a Cadillac and wearing a mink coat. A no people on welfare are morally correct. They would not be wearing mink coats. Uh, a significant number of your listeners and Trump supporters believe that sort of thing, and you egged it on. Wait a second. Let's go back to this this analogy again. It's like people oh, in welfare are doing what? It is, the, it is like the belief that everyone on welfare is driving a Cadillac and wearing a mink coat. That totally sounds like something straight out of the 60s. How is believing that? people that you know can be more trustworthy at a local level than mainstream media centralized, clearly controlled, historically proven to be the ones that get that deceive us into getting into wars. It's not the little outlets that deceive countries into going into wars. It's always been the big outlets that have done that. And they have always silenced everybody else prior to leading us into war. So what she is saying is is provably incorrect. Um, the last one is the thing that reminded me of what you were saying about Trump supporters, about the Sinclair thing having nothing to do with Trump supporters. She also brings Trump supporters into this. Yeah, just for no reason. She threw in Trump supporters, showing that she clearly hasn't listened to your show yet again. Everything she said aligns perfectly with the hard push that is going on right now to censor all alternative opinion or any opinion that's outside of the mainstream narrative. And I want to play a clip for you right now that feeds right into that, that illustrates how this Sinclair broadcasting thing isn't about Sinclair broadcasting, that it is in fact about silencing the local media because they make it very clear in this clip that I'm about to play for you. This is a montage of Joe Scarborough, 
He was talking with people from Politico, David Haas, the Council on Foreign Relations president. So these are all globalists that are, are speaking who have a clear agenda in this montage. And to me, this this illustrates what the true point of the Sinclair thing is. You identified that they, it was in the crosshairs. Every single article you brought up, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but it was always Sinclair. And that's why I noticed it, because when you were sending me that stuff, I was looking it up. I was like, what is this Sinclair? I mean, the fact that it's right. always Sinclair made me feel like some kind of dialectic was emerging with them doing it. And the guy who runs Sinclair, he's the son of the founder. And he was arrested a couple of times on like weird porn stuff, like underage and strange stuff like that. So that guy could be a compromised person. It might very well be. The reason they're using Sinclair is because Sinclair is an easy target to try and associate all local media with. They want all local media to be perceived as Sinclair. Because I feel it, like it could have, for the last year or two, they might have encouraged Sinclair to kind of go a little crazier to play into this. Because that's very well possible because that, that is their – that's the demon they're creating. And, and when people hear local media, they want they want people's reaction to be, oh, my gosh, Sinclair. They're all controlled. I can't trust any local media because I can't trust Sinclair local media. So that's the feel they're trying to get. Yeah, oh, yeah, for mind. sure. Oh, absolutely. And I would say the stuff that you've sent me always looks like it's talking about local media generally, but it's only ever talking about Sinclair. Exactly. And now exactly. Sinclair is – is right. engaging in this. It's provoking it. And then I just, I didn't get a chance to read the article, but I just saw a headline flash across my phone from Huffington Post saying uh, internal, you know, secret investigation of Sinclair, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could look it up right now, but. Right. Listen to this montage of clips from Morning Joe. They're employing the people who really are the most trusted faces in news. And those are America's local anchors. How much of a concern is it now for these local reporters that they're going to now seem that they're kind of in some bias mode and they're not really being there for their communities? They may have damaged uh, some of the trust that they have in local communities. And what we see in polls from Pew and others is that, you know, Americans most likely uh, trust their local newscast. And I think people expect when they're looking at local news, weather, sports and traffic, that they're not getting conservative opinion injected in there uh, from somewhere in Maryland. And that's the problem. These executives at Sinclair and Maryland are telling local newscasts, you know, what to put in their broadcast. And the most trusted people in news really usually are those local news anchors. Donald Trump is always obsessed with Fox or NBC or CNN. But it, 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 it's those people that, uh, you know, Americans uh, have been following for, you know, 10, 20 years, and they really have more of a personal connection with local news anchors than anybody else. So if, you were, if an Erdogan were to come to the United States and decide he wanted to control the country and control what Americans believed, uh, that would be a pretty good place to start, wouldn't it? Demonizing all local media. Well, here's something interesting, and maybe it's a segue into the, to the other thing I want to talk about, is I was censored from YouTube. I, I We did a podcast talking about Sheriff Israel the day after the Parkland shooting before people realized what a shill he was, and uh, and my thing, my YouTube video got taken down. I did the exact same show, if not worse, on WSB radio, on the airwaves with tens of thousands of people listening with their kids in the car on Saturday afternoon. I got no complaints. 
I, my boss says, I never get any complaints. They never, ever, ever tell me what to say or not say ever. This email that she gave me, I get, I get nasty grams before, but, um, I'll have to kind of process where this, uh, email, you know, fits in with that. She, I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't write to my boss, you know, but the point is that's local media that in my personal experience is now less censored than, than the internet. And it's clearly less censored than the mainstream media. Now, yeah, that's a great point. Why are you still getting cookie cutter stuff most of the time on that station? I'll tell you. It's really, really hard to have a call in show that mostly hears Rush and Hannity and saying something they're not saying because people trust them and want to. Their challenge is to understand what these guys are trying to tell them, not to debunk what these type, you know what I mean? Not to figure out the truth by parsing what these guys are telling them. So when I first started, I mean, my impulse was to just read the headlines of the Wall Street Journal and explain to people what the stories meant in, a, in an, you know, an engaging way. To, but I couldn't really do it because I found out pretty quickly as I dug deeper in case somebody called and wanted to um, challenge me or ask me questions about facts that I just didn't, I couldn't get from a quick reading of the journal. I started digging into stories and found the facts were moving targets that I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out the facts and the meaning for a meaningful conversation that 40,000 people might call me at any one time. You know, I, I just, uh, I, I discovered pretty quickly that reading the headlines of the Wall Street Journal to the audience there, it wouldn't be true. I couldn't defend it, but it's a lot harder my way because now I have to read the Wall Street Journal and everything else and figure it all out and explain it and put up with trolls and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and my boss tells me the only reason you're on the radio is that you have something different to say. I'm actually interested in what you have to say. Sometimes I listen to your show because I can't figure something out. Yeah. And that's, but, and, and the final thing I'll say is when, when I really first had that epiphany, that realization that I could not go, what was in the mainstream media, cause it was not true. And I would not be able to give my opinion on it because I knew there were facts that were not being reported widely. Uh, my producer said, you can't say that stuff. People will think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was for my own good. Someone who really loved me was telling me not to go out there. Not, not me. Then this wasn't me. This was, no, this was a long time ago. This was like the first year. I always tell you to say that stuff. I know. And I, <laughs> We'll see if I survive. Like now I'm starting to wonder about my, you know, like uh, I used to just worry about getting embarrassed, you know, not knowing the stuff, you know, now I'm worried about if I'm too right and too open and too charismatic, then they really have to shut you down. Like if I'm too good at it, my only hope is that I'm not really very good at it and stay <laughs> on the weekends. Hey, I'm not trying to rant. I'm just, or be long winded, but I'm just saying it's this cell. It's easier. It's the path of least resistance. And it's this self-preservation instinct that if you're going to say that you don't believe the wall street journal, you know, 
you had better back it up. I mean, I say I sometimes cite the WSB news, the chick who is sitting in the room next to us who likes us. I sometimes say, hey, did you hear that at the top of the hour? That's not true. (laughs) I've never said it like that. But I've just said it's widely reported as such and such. I question if we have all the facts on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like when Stone Mountain had like some white supremacist rally a couple of years ago, they were reporting on the white supremacist rally. There was, I, I must say, there was no false information coming out of the WSB newsroom. That is absolutely true. However, I said, I think these guys are fake. I mean, they don't seem like real white supremacists. This guy is fishy, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people agreed with me. Right. What you said there is important because that's how the whole fake news messes with people's minds. They can report something that's absolutely factual on the surface, but it's the intention and it's what's behind it that is that is insidious. Yes, it's true that people who were claiming to be white supremacists showed up and did this. That's all that that can all be true. But it's what's beneath it. It's the intentions. It's, it's if the people really they really do have those beliefs or if they're working as operatives trying to uh, cause tension. That That's where the true, quote unquote, fake news comes from. That's what propaganda really is. Most propaganda tries to be as factual as possible. It's what they impress upon people's minds that is the lie. Absolutely. And I wanted to respond to this email check before I reread it. And I was like, every sentence of that screams troll. I was going to say 80% of what they're saying is true. And it's just that the spin is, is manipulative and when the facts get in the way of the spin, they will misrepresent the facts. Yeah. That definitely. is my experience. Yeah. I've never seen WSB do anything like that other than what they pull off the wire. Well, I've yeah, never, they read ever the facts and stuff. Either. Like the mainstream stuff gets into this. It's, it's all opinion in the mainstream media. And they present Which it as is facts. crazy. Yeah. That, that's what I tweeted. The difference between normative and positive statements. Like a normative say, it took me so long. Yeah figure this out like decades to really understand what it means a positive statement is just what happened so i think what i was saying was in ireland they voted for to legalize same-sex marriage now ireland abortion is still illegal how did they do that they did it i think by stimulating the economy like crazy when the eu really got underway and that created a lot of jobs and it drew a lot of immigrants from other countries into Ireland and change the demographic from the most Catholic, poorest, non-materialistic, non-consumerist culture there was left in Europe to uh, a boom town, you know, like a gold rush town. And now that it crashed, it doesn't really matter. People don't have the money to move away. They go on the dole or what have you. But now they're there. The The demographics have changed And the voting can change, or at least what I really think is going on is they use these changed demographics to act like the vote went the way it did, when in fact, I doubt, there's no way to know how the vote really went. So I was, I wasn't, you know, what what I was not trying to do was say, I wanted to reserve the the normative uh, discussion separately. That was just what I think happened. Do I think it was good or bad? Do I want same-sex marriage in Ireland or don't I? Like, that is totally different. I wasn't making sense. But you try to tweet stuff like that and people will be like, you're a hater. 
I'm like, I'm not a hater. You're just being manipulated. This is a manipulation. Then you can say, okay, so now that we've established that you're a whore, you know, let's maybe you like it, you know, maybe it's okay with you. But, um, so they're just full of, it's just full of all this, uh, you know, what did you call it? Like value signaling and virtue signaling. Yes. It's all, I mean, honest journalism really gets stamped out viciously. Right. And everybody claims that they're doing what they're doing in the name of honest journalism when a lot of it is clearly opinion. I mean, what we're doing is we're doing opinion, but we try to present as, as many facts as we can to to back up the positions that we have but like we're not like we're not doing live breaking news on cnn and and presenting us of here's the fact the confirmed facts when what they're presenting is slanted a rumor and opinion no 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 it's uh it goes through some sort of process oh right i forgot <laughs> it goes through the process that your emailer mentioned. Is there any chance this person isn't a troll? If it's somebody who's don't. listened and, and that truly happened spontaneously, then they have been so badly manipulated in such a short period of time <laughs> that they, that need, they this need this wake-up wake call. Tell <laughs> me a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. On top of that, I want to play you one other clip. This is from a reliable sources, like I say, most unreliable show on television. Brian Stelter, he has a guy named Josh Campbell, a former FBI, not special agent, but uh, advisor to a special agent. It's like a weird title, but he's talking about the problem with these attacks, Trump's attacks on the FBI. And this dovetails with this idea that all local media is fake news and that all mainstream media is true news because, you know, if Trump is attacking the FBI, then he must be telling all these local networks to attack the FBI as well. And he tells you what the problem with attacking the FBI is. Whether you're an FBI agent or analyst at FBI headquarters, maybe you're down in Salt Lake doing an inspection, moving up in the chain, or you're out in the field, you are impacted by this. This impacts everyone, these political attacks. And I think at the end of the day, because the FBI is an organization that has to be believed, if this corrosive doubt continues to take hold and the American people really think the FBI can't be trusted, then I think it's dangerous for our, for our, uh, our country. Right, because these attacks are why the FBI can't be trusted. I mean, how many shootings was the FBI aware of? <laughs> the one guy's dad was an informant. We can go back through history to all the times the FBI. Oh, Omar Mateen's father was an informant for exactly. 11 years. And Imad this- Salem in the World Trade Center 93 was an operative who said, why'd you switch out the explosive to real ones? And he says they must be believed. Local media should never be believed. Then you bring this guy on. FBI has to be believed. This because fake fact. news and conspiracy theories kill. It's unbelievable the audacity. That's really where they're going with this. They kill. Yeah, I think you're right. For sure. That's what the YouTube thing is doing. The shooting. They they can take that that way. I'm trying to think where there there is one reference I can't remember about conspiracy. There was a crystal clear like this is coming. Are you talking about Pizzagate, the guy who came into the pizza parlor? Yes, that was it. Yeah, conspiracy theories kill. Who made a deal, by the way. To not tell a story. <laughs> he got he got Probably. off. I mean, he didn't get off, but he got a pretty light sentence because he made a deal. The guy who shot up Pizzagate. Right. Pizza so place. I wonder what he was giving in exchange for that deal. You know, he probably just had to keep his mouth shut. I guess so.
Because someone probably came to him. Because he found a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah, somebody that. probably came to him and told him to do it. Like these FBI. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, it was probably, FBI, yeah. Right. The FBI actually radicalizes. The FBI is behind, or used to be anyway, until, I mean, the last report I saw in the New York Times was within the past few years. 95% of their uh, state of their arrests are quote sting operations where they actually find vulnerable people and radicalize, and radicalize them. them and online forums yeah i mean that should be illegal like we should not do that i don't stings entrapment <clears throat> creating danger for the public actually killing people you know it's wrong they need to stop doing it yeah um but uh i want to do the youtube thing yeah should go we do for it? it yeah so <laughs> this this uh, the story is a a as the story unfolded, someone got onto the YouTube campus and started shooting people. This was at um, twelve. The actual incident, not the news, but the incident itself, happened or commenced at twelve forty six p.m. Uh, Tuesday, and <clears throat> at three thirty, I as soon as I saw you know shots fired at YouTube, I tweeted. Uh, as that as soon as I was censored by YouTube and uh, other people were too, and people were getting mad about it and Alex Jones was ranting about it. I knew that YouTube knew it was a big deal. It was going to have an impact. And I, I tweeted that and I tweeted this smacks of problem reaction solution, like the typical kind of dialectic uh, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Is this the reaction phase you know, i.e. is this a disgruntled YouTube censory, I think I said. Yeah. So then people started saying, no, you're wrong. She was a disgruntled girlfriend try- going after an ex. And I was like, that's fine. But I happen to also have said in the What to Watch Out For for 2018, maybe on the air, I can't remember where I put this one. Maybe it was a tweet. That said, "What? What? where are the equal opportunity shooters? Why aren't any women shooters? Do you recall that? I think you tweeted to me immediately that you yeah. recalled that. You said that so, a long time ago. So as I, I, I actually, as this story has unfolded over the past 24 hours, I have identified 11 distinct dialectics yeah. in the story or agenda items, or, but mostly dialectics. Okay, so I want to rattle them off. Hold Can on I, one sec. Yeah, it, it wasn't a boyfriend thing. No. Oh, yeah. So in the end, it turned out that it wasn't, that it was a YouTube sensory, that my initial instinct that this was that dialectic although people uh, the false story interjected by the mainstream media yeah disrupted what was obviously to me a dialectic and they were warned also the police apparently talked to her the night before yes that's one of my that's one of my 11 like you know i I did a, a, a hashtag hypotheticals getting real Yes. You know, I yeah. talked to you about that too. Like every time you have a hypothetical situation, like another thing I had said is women should all be in favor of universal female gun ownership because women are virtually never the shooters and they are uh, often the victims of violent crime. So you would not have an increase in violent crime. You would only have a decrease in violent crime if all women had guns. Yeah. So this is starting to eat at that dialectic. 
as well as uh, I also pointed out that when you have waiting periods for guns, like 72 hours from the time you request a gun to when you can get it, the, the biggest impact of that is that victims of domestic violence are killed during those 72 hours. Because the people who want legal gun ownership in a hurry are law-abiding citizens who sense danger. Right, but you know Not what the criminals. argument against that is, though, right? What? Hashtag we call BS. <laughs> oh, you know, I wish I had known that before the show so I could have prepared a counter argument. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's the end of the argument. Well, so here, here's the real here's the this is how they're calling BS. It in the in this really short Wikipedia article, all these elements appear. The chick had visited a gun range the day before. So it was a short-term impulsive thing, which also goes to your, what you called, um, you played for me or for everybody, the Lackoff clip, the propagandist-in-chief, the modern-day Edward Bernays, George Lackoff, said, mass shootings aren't about crazy people or bad people even. They're about yeah. when anger meets guns. Right. Everybody's angry enough to shoot somebody. If you had a gun nearby, you'd have killed your mother a long time ago. We'd all be blowing people We'd away. We'd all be blowing people gun. away. I mean, you would just kill everybody. Who hasn't been angry? Am you I wrong? You should see the neighborhoods in Cobb County or Kennesaw where everybody has a gun. You know, the gun ownership is Oh, mandatory. everybody's dead, right? There's nobody left. There's nobody that lives there anymore. <laughs> so here are some of the things. I could tell I thought it was this YouTube problem reaction solution thing. Um, anger plus gun equals shooting. Uh, waiting periods are good. Uh, women kill equal opportunity shooters. Uh, the police were given multiple warnings. So Sheriff Israel was right. We need pre-crime now. I mean, it, wouldn't it be a better world if any random anonymous call to the authorities could get your ass thrown in jail? Wouldn't that be a better world if the neighbor who's uh, keeps letting its dog dig under your fence, if you could just call that guy in on crazy gun guy thing and just get it, then the dog wouldn't go under your fence anymore. It would be a better world. Yeah, see something, say something to the extreme. Yes, see something, say something, eliminate your neighbor. And Arrested. guess what? <laughs> yeah. How about this? You want to go to Nazi Germany or Mao's China or maybe both, you get to keep his stuff. Oh, you get you get to plunder? You get the spoils of they your did. neighbor? I, I think so. Certainly if you did it to your parents, some guy's on trial right now for killing, I believe for killing his mother and his grandfather for the money. And uh I mean, imagine if you had anything to inherit, what a moral hazard that would be. I'm sorry. We should not be laughing about this stuff because it's absolutely awful. But I, I'm getting giddy at the at the ridiculousness of this. This one thing has like 11 different dialectics. You cannot tell me that this is spontaneously unprecedented activity that plays into every hypothetical that could be used against the arguments that are being used to enact policy, except for that really powerful argument I call BS. That call, one We call BS. We call I, BS. I'm yeah. still stumped by that. So let me just rather the, the other ones are not as um, the other ones are kind of quick hits. 
she was Iranian. So, you know, Iran is going to be on the other side in World War III, which appears to be mm. <laughs> afoot. Yeah. So she's Iranian and and that just and and an immigrant. So that just that just says to you, uh, Trump supporter, look, it's like somebody Joe from Locust Grove called in my show once. It really pissed me off. I was arguing, of course, for gun rights, and then he chimes in something totally offensive and racist, which I'm not going to repeat, that like his only hesitation about gun rights, and then he goes off on a racist rant, which is outrageous. So I think the point of this is, look, you in a, in a perfect world uh, where they're not trying to replace you, you can... You could have your gun rights, but this is a different world. You have Iranians and immigrants who don't know what they're doing, trying to crawl over your fence, you know, like, yeah, you got to listen, buddy. It's better this way. Trust me. The cops will always be on your side. Yeah. And her YouTube videos, her YouTube page. Yeah. It's very odd to say the least. It's she looks crazy. Greg Sweet tweeted to me, if not you. He thinks she's a robot, like a real robot. She looks crazy in her YouTube. <laughs> and he never says stuff that's further out there than I am. You know, you feel for her when you watch or you read about it. You know, I mean, what she did was terrible, assuming that everything we're being told well, sure, is yeah, she accurate. Did it. She's, got, she's dead. It's Yeah, she's dead. Nobody died uh, yeah. other than her. Um, it's the whole thing. Assuming what we're told is taking it on face value. It's tragic and it sucks. But watching her, looking at her YouTube videos, it's clear someone is kind of uh, progressively losing it. Well, then that that is just the kind of individual who would be targeted. Yeah, be targeted to be manipulated, yeah. Right. I mean, that's the feeling you have to get from Nicholas Cruz. By the way, his brother, Zachary Cruz, supposedly, well, whatever, the most recent story, also adopted, went back to the school and then was arrested, is now on probation. But in all those stories, the main that the mainstream media tells us about Zachary Cruz, nobody brought out the point that I discovered within two days of the shooting that shortly after the shooting, Zachary Cruz was picked out, picked up without cause. Well, I don't know what the under the Baker Act, which allows you to be involuntary, involuntarily incarcerated in a mental institution for 72 hours. They picked him up. They put him in a mental institution and who knows what they said to him, you know, but for it's plausible that they raked him over the coals and got him to play along. Another example, two other examples of that kind of thing was when Miriam Carey's lawyer, Miriam Carey was the woman who was gunned down by the secret service and the Capitol police outside the white house with that baby who people think was Obama's baby and they killed the mom and took the baby. And uh, the lawyer for the family was extremely vocal. And then they arrested him the next day on a Friday. So I don't know if it was the next day, but on a Friday before a three-day weekend. And they said that he was in jail for not paying a bankruptcy thing and that every hour he didn't pay, his fee would go up by $1,000. That's reasonable. So if he didn't resolve that very, very quickly, he was never getting out of jail. It was like a debtor's prison. I can't even believe that's legal. And uh, when he came out of jail, like the next week, he was completely subdued, had a totally different, just took the money, gave, you know, settled on behalf of the family. And then uh, another one was when the San Bernardino shooting, which was very, very fishy. 
the lawyer for the family said, hey, man, I never believed this stuff before. But now when I hear people questioning the official narrative of Sandy Hook, I think this might be one of those. Never heard of that guy again. Never. He he could be dead for all I know. Never. It, it sounds heard. like you're not trusting the FBI at some level here. Well, the same FBI guy was in the background from the L.A. shooting as the San Bernardino shooting. I don't know where else that guy pops up. But there's clearly like a handler out there that tries to keep the uh, official narratives in line. I don't know who it is. I've clearly been listening to some uh, Donald Trump programmed Sinclair Media local news because you don't trust the FBI. I actually – it seems to me – it doesn't take too many uh, infiltrators. Most of the people are probably just trying to do their job. How could I they agree. Not? And I, I feel totally that way agree. about, about uh, teachers, too. My sister's a public school teacher. My cousin, several cousins are New York City cops. I mean, they're not. It only they, takes a few. They're not you know. in on it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. They're not in on it. Okay, so her other thing is, and uh I wonder if this is going to be a new dialectic. Get ready for this one. You heard it here first. Hashtag what to watch out for. She's a vegan. She's what? I think the vegan meat eater thing is going to be a dialectic because you don't usually hear controversies about something, you know, rapid fire that don't emerge as a meme and the trade war is good for meat eaters and bad for vegans. It's like good for meat and bad for soybeans. And and it was like, oh, if you're a vegan, you're going to hate the meat eaters. I was like, come on, come on. It's another identity, another way to fragment society. So, all right, the last thing that I think this story will subconsciously play into, maybe out there, maybe overtly, I don't know, But I did notice with the George W. Bush Elementary School outside Dallas that and the Uber death, the autonomous Uber death where the chick woman was crossing outside of the crosswalk and the car mistook her for a shrub because there were shrubs. Yeah. So I noticed that the, the Bush Elementary School talked about how they have like the campus of the future. And I say... That's going to not just be a school campus. I also want to watch out for 2018 that armed guards would be at regular institutions. So YouTube will have them. Schools will have them. And that's actually what happened. I'm surprised at how prescient that was. But so the features of the school was no landscaping outside to speak of. Uh, Clear backpacks have been introduced to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. Audio and visual surveillance. Um, I don't think they talk about the audio surveillance, but I suspect it's there. I assume facial recognition will be a part of the surveillance pretty soon. It's, I think, fully implemented in China. Uh, No, I can't read that. I can't read that. Uh, Oh, no niches. couldn't read my own writing. No niches. So like they have, so like, you know how you have lockers and then the lockers are broken up for a door that goes into a classroom. Yeah. That's all flush so that you can't, you can't hide anything in niche and show your friend a picture of a girl yeah. in a bathing suit. You know? Or clear lockers. Yeah. I mean, the I, I, that's probably up next. Um, 
or no lockers. Metal detect. What do you need a locker for if you don't have books? Like, uh, yeah, you, you don't even really books. need books anymore because they can That's send the saying. stuff home. Yeah, you're right. They're going to get rid of the books. Metal detectors and um, searches at my daughter's school, the super conservative school that I hoped was outside to my detriment. I'm finding now as my kids like are a little offbeat in the mainstream, a little bit. They're as soon as I bought them phones, they got right in line with the rest of the world. But uh, the school decided that they could randomly search the high schoolers' cars. So the high schoolers are parking on the street far away. But, like, I just – that's just not the world I want to live in. Are they on campus? There's a parking lot on campus. Yeah, but I don't what care. What if the car's parked at somebody's house across the street? Can they still I don't it? think they're they're allowed to do that, but I, they'll expand it because that's what the kids are doing. Yeah, that's what I would do. And I should go tell them because I did tell them about – they were like saying some stuff about ISIS. And my daughter came home and was like, why don't we just nuke ISIS? And the story they were telling them was about the 21 Coptic Christians who were beheaded on the beach in Egypt, which was reported by Fox News as being totally fake. It was reported once. I screenshotted everything. They showed how it was done. And they continue, Fox News continues to refer to that event, after which the Egyptian government launched an airstrike against that, what they said was the beach, but definitely wasn't, and killed seven innocent people. Innocent people. So seven innocent people because fake news does kill. Thank you, yeah. Fox. So I told them about that. And for a long time, she never talked about ISIS. She was like, but the Pope prays for those people. I said, you told your daughter about that? I told the principal of the school. Oh, okay. Because she cares about truth. And she was like, but the Pope said so. And it's like, then you got to think pretty hard about why, you know, there's only two possible explanations. Yeah, that explanation. But the Pope said so to me, that's that's kind of like saying, but the FBI said so. Well, it was Pope Francis, who was a new pope at the time. I've never seen a pope that plays more into false narratives than this guy. That's what I'm saying. But he, he was new at the time. I, so if you look back at the Egypt, I'm sure you can see fairly new. Uh, and, it, and it's serious business to, to criticize the pope. You have to really, if you're Catholic, you have to really understand that under certain circumstances, you're simply not allowed to assail him. When he speaks ex cathedra from the throne of Peter about matters, matters of faith and morals, which he rarely does, but when he he that infallibility was only written into Catholic uh, dogma not that long ago, a couple hundred years ago, that is the event that prompted, I believe, Lord Acton to say the very famous quote: "Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely." Great men are very seldom good men. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that was from the about the Pope's infallibility? You think it's about Hitler, you know? Yeah. Or the czars to talk about real absolute power. I think the czars are as close as. And then the last thing I think that they would do is like the single entry point with the like airlock. You know, you can't get onto campus unless you go through like an airlock. It's like TSA. TSA isn't even that bad. Like I'm talking about in order to get into the office, you have to walk through an outer door into a like a vestibule that they can see you before they unlock the inner door. But but I have to say between this kind of terrorism that you're imparting to kids, absolute lack of any kind of privacy so that they can't even think their own thoughts, the idea that there are shooters, um, the brainwashing 
the the fact that in California, for example, kids can't go to school, even private school, without the full rash of vaccines. Yeah. California, like the crunchiest place on earth, supposedly. Your kid is not allowed to access any school. That's terrible. Unless they have, I don't know if they include things like the chicken pox vaccine, but I think they do. The chicken pox vaccine, which is actually bad because it doesn't protect you for life. So it makes you vulnerable as an adult when it's much worse to get it's it. Worse to get the chicken pox as an adult. I mean, that's terrible. And these kids, my kids are vulnerable to that now. There's also the fact that they're going to be, if they haven't already, implementing this fact-checking curriculum into the schools, which doesn't teach them how to analyze facts. It teaches them to accept the trusted sources, which is Oh, this is just what I was telling you about. I told you numerous times on the air about when I went to that open house at the school, and they she started saying, like, the three... The three criteria for fact-checking, authority, authority, and authority. I think I told you about the book, How We Sold the War to America. It's the one written by Creel, yeah. uh, the Committee on Public Information. The yeah. book opens up. At the beginning, there's a letter that was written to all the major news networks across the country. And the letter reads as a thinly-veiled threat, which basically says, in the name of national security, you need to agree to publish what we tell you to publish. That's what the JFK speech to the press corps was, and it was in preparation for Vietnam. That's how, yeah, before that's what they go for before all the wars. They try to get national u- unity on the narrative, common set of facts, as they talk about a lot. So it was the Aliens and Sedition Acts in 1798 that set the precedent for that, and they have not all been repealed. World War One, the Civil War, World War Two. Vietnam, I don't I don't know about Iraq. I haven't even looked at it, but that's why this censorship and the closing the borders and the immigration and the trade deficit stuff, all that stuff is actually is really going to mess with our economy. If it's real, if it's right. real and significant, those types of policies all go one way. They create inflation, higher prices, lower standards of living, but they also produce autarky. They also produce where you can um, feed and sustain your own population, build the war machines. I mean, that probably is our industrial base if you scratch the surface. To the extent we can still do stuff, it's probably build stuff for war. And they want this unquestionable trust, but the problem is historically – when they've done these things, when they've silenced people with alternative opinions or people who question narrative – They've lied about the reasons for going to war, and the public has discovered it after the fact, after after and it was too late. defended it. I have had people defend it to me. FDR had to lie, or we never would have gone in the war. <laughs> like, the public didn't yes, want to go to the war until they were lied to. Died because we fought that thing for six years instead of just allowing Jewish refugees in would have saved their lives, saved us money, maintained our principles. They would have been better off and happier. We closed our doors to them. Yeah, you know, and- I mean, think about what – why was war the best answer? I, I think people that are arguing that don't realize that the war wasn't fought for the reasons they say it was. No, they didn't even know. Supposedly, they say – certainly the public did not know about the Holocaust until the end. That's what they say. I mean, FDR might have known, but 
uh, the the moral purposes we are told about for the war, I, I think the reason for the war. Yeah. The moral purposes are never the reason. The, the moral purposes, just like David Hall getting up there saying, either you want to kill children or you want gun control. The the moral <laughs> purpose is how you get people not to question it. Yes, it's uh, the real reasons are a lot more complex. You know, the framing. It's all about the framing. But I have to say, I do not. I did not anticipate the full reach of this vulgarity thing. But I have to admit, I absolutely called it when Vicente Fox said the F word on TV. And it is going strong. That was over two years ago. And those kids out of Parkland are vulgarians. Oh, yeah. It's made me not want to swear at all. I hardly ever use vulgarity anymore. I am absolutely participating in the dialectic. I am... I am taking sides, and I don't belong on this side. They just sound so bad when the kid's sitting in front of his parents and sister, and he's just swearing. It's and it's obviously that it's it, there's he's doing it on purpose. It's it's just so and it's they're repugnant. Being, yeah, you don't want to look at it if you if you have any kind of maturity, you don't want to look at it. Speaking of that, listen to this. This is somebody again on reliable sources, David Zerowick, talking about the Parkland survivors. Look, there's two things about these students at Parkland that, uh, that, that just fascinate me. One, they have a great moral authority that most people in the media don't have, and they have it because of what they went through. Seeing classmates killed, then having to mourn and bury their classmates and go on with their life. That's a great moral authority. They're also, especially David Hogg and some of the others, incredibly media savvy in a good good way the people who are above them who are the organizers are media savvy the ones telling them what to do but th that's a great great moral authority that's the whole problem with this entire okay this entire I, there was so much in that clip that triggered me first <laughs> of all he said uh they're incredibly media savvy i would have to emphasize incredible i do not think it's believable their media savvy is clearly a function of orchestration yes um, as a matter of fact, like that, uh, what's her name? J Jill, S you know her name. It's a super hard name. That chick who said to get p shoved out of your wheelchair. Sh uh, Shikowski yeah. or something like that. Something yeah. like that. She, Jane, she, Jan. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a senator from Illinois. Yeah, so when she came out and, and said, fuck Trump or something like that on a famous, what was a famous YouTube video, I guess. She said, and I caught it, they say I'm allowed to say that now, or they say that works these days, or something like that. But if you go back and try to find yeah. that clip now, that phrase was censored out, is, is edited out of all the videos now. Because oh, they really? don't want you to know that the, these things are pre-approved. Somebody's yeah. telling them it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell them to break the rules. And yes, this they have this uh, moral authority because they were victims. I don't know. There were 3,000 kids in that school. I really don't know who these people are in relation to that. I don't believe the reporting because it's not in evidence. It's just blather. If they and truly I cared about gun violence, then they would not say hashtag we call BS when someone points out that a 2016 RAND study found that there's no evidence that any of the proposed solutions that their movement is claiming to, to fight for – would lower mass shootings. But no you know what their, their real argument is for that kind of thing 
it changes the mentality. It changes the mentality of people. And it's okay to use false facts to get to true purposes. It's like Lackoff or wherever I was reading something I thought came from you. The the ends justify the means, but in a yeah. a different way. But he's talking about these people of having this moral authority. You know who has moral authority? And someone suggested I try to get her on my show, and I think that's a great idea. My sister Franny suggested that. Susanna Gratia Hupp, who took her gun out of her purse before having lunch with her parents, who were killed by a shooter at Luby's in Texas in the 90s. And she gets up and says, you people kept me from saving all those people. And, and you know, she isn't the only one who would have been armed in there. So many people would have been armed in there if they hadn't passed that law that that guy never would have gone in. Yeah. You right. maybe would have gotten one shot off. And even if you're crazy, doesn't mean you're illogical. You know right. what I'm saying? People yeah. think that crazy people are not intelligent or yeah. rational. Criminals go after targets that are that they're going to have a better chance at. That's yeah, I mean, even a rabid dog doesn't start chewing on a tree, right? It's, right. You know, it's just such it maybe goes it against basic human psychology to think that somebody is going to go into a place that is going to be that they're most likely to not succeed in or to not at least have some level of success. Yes, but she, but that chick had moral authority because she personally was directly impacted by a gun policy that resulted in the death of her parents. Yeah. So did this guy, whoever was talking, invite her on for the no. you know balanced view? Who was that guy? He sounded like Rince Priebus. Maybe that was somebody. David... Zerowick. He's, uh, I think he's a former, I believe he's like a former Clinton political advisor or something. He's on CNN all the time, just spitting out a bunch of hashtag we call BS. Crazy. It just insane. It just, just saying insane thing. Oh, yeah. Phil Mudd. Oh, my gosh. So funny. CNN is is a bunch of people saying the most ridiculous things you've ever heard, but saying it as though it's just common sense. But oh, they're yeah, convincing. Yeah. Totally. This Should is take all the guns. It's it's the moral high ground. It they're they're w- what John Stewart and I guess now Stephen Colbert pass off to CNN the audience. That they have nurtured. So it's highly, I'm sure if you looked at the demographics, highly demographically important. You have these kids who go to college and I, I've heard numerous kids act like cite as a reason they are smart. I've had some people call my show. They tell me, you know, I'm a psychology major at UGA. And I'm like, I don't know what they know or don't know. And I'm like, are you really so naive that you think? That churning through a college on a on a subject like that makes you smart. So I'm not criticizing that major or that college or anything. Actually, someone I love and respect a lot uh, was a has a degree in psychology from UGA, and she's great at psychology. But she doesn't think that's why she's smart, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so reading the book doesn't give you the yes, and she so. So, but what I'm saying is I've seen this where they watch The Daily Show, they watch Colbert, and they think they're super smart, and they think they're enlightened, and they think it's, they're so, it's so obvious to them the truth of all this, and any educated person would agree with them. They don't even have to get into the weeds of actual argument. It's like the God question. I don't know if there's a God. 
I, I struggle with it. I hope, um, I don't know if he knows my name, if I'm a person without a brain, I really don't know what happens later. I also don't know how order could emerge from chaos. I just don't know how the universe got here and is orderly. Like it just defies the rules of science itself, you know? So I just, I don't know, but that's a discussion we need to have. However, <laughs> there's a certain point in people's lives in, in this generation where they laugh in your face at the question. God, how stupid are you? Are you a Trump supporter? You think I have to answer. Of course, there's no God. It's obvious. It's like, okay. And I, and I try to say, always refute, never dismiss. You can question every single assumption and you better be able to have an argument about it. And they, the, so these are the people, the kids, as I like to call them, according to my recent troll, these people are most vulnerable because although they think they're the smartest people in the room, their critical analysis has been beaten out of them by the three rules of, um, of fact-checking authority, authority, and authority. Yes, exactly. Do, do I feel, do I sound unkind towards a, a generation filled with many, many good people? I don't, I should not generalize. Well, look, this generation that you're speaking about is being represented in the media by kids who are not having critical discussion, who are using demagogic language, who are appealing strictly to emotion and not to reason. So I wouldn't say that you're generalizing. I would call it more of a commentary that you're making on how this generation is currently being represented in the media, which is not in the most intelligent light. Actually, I think it's it's uh, I that's why I hate getting caught up in dialectics, because I really want to exchange ideas. I really want to have right. an open and interesting conversation where we all have to defend our positions. It yeah, gets a yeah. little tricky if you have to. Why? 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 Why do you think that? Why do you think that? Yeah. How do you know? That's the only I mean, way to truly grow. When when yes. the dialectic is there, then it's either going to be it's going to be the predetermined choice, really. And then if there are people behind you saying, "Yeah, what she said," then you know you get this sense of rightness that uh, is unconnected to objective truth, whether it is or is not you know, true. All right. Well, I think we're about out of time. I want to play you, at least for me, the most ridiculous thing of the week so far, anyway. I was watching this terrible show, which I sometimes watch. I was talking about this on Twitter the other day, called Legends of Tomorrow. I used to watch it only because they have this they had this character named Captain Cold on it, who would always make these really bad but hilarious puns. Like his thing is he has this cold gun. And uh like he'd go order at a bar and he'd go, I'd like a whiskey. Ice cold. You know, that's his thing because he's Captain Cool. So everything he says has to do – it's really stupid, but I thought it was hilarious. So that character was on the show for a while, but then they killed him off, and they brought him back from a different world. They have multiple universes and multiple worlds, so he came from a different world, but now he was gay. And instead of making funny puns about – about being cool every scene he's in he's making out with another superhero i'm just watching gay sex the whole time (laughs) 
That's like when Stewie in the original Family Guy was a Nazi, which was hilarious because anyone who's had a newborn baby or a little baby realizes it feels like the kid hates you. He pees in your face. He bites you. He wakes you up in the middle of the night. Portraying him as a Nazi is hilarious because it absolutely explains the behavior of a baby yeah, in a funny yeah, yeah. way. Exactly. They, they brought the show back after uh, after they canceled it for a while, and Stewie wasn't a Nazi after that. He was a pervert. <laughs> yes, I remember it doesn't, that. It doesn't make sense at all, you know? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Just like on this show, every character is like openly bisexual. Doesn't really represent reality that well. Maybe the reality they want, but not a true representation of reality. But it doesn't matter. The show never misses an opportunity to make some sort of progressive cultural statement. So what they did in their most recent episode is they fly through time to fix anachronisms, which is when something happens in time that messes up the entire timeline. So their job is to fix it to make the timeline be stable. In the most recent episode, they had to travel back in time to save young Barack Obama while he was at Occidental College because a telepathic gorilla that was somehow able to travel back into time was sent to take out Obama. He busted into Obama's dorm room. His name is Gorilla Grodd. He's in the comics. He threatens Obama, says he's going to take pleasure in taking out Obama. Then we cut to Obama running from the telepathic gorilla. The gorilla, in this scene I'm about to play for you, jumps from the top of a building in front of Barack Obama, and this is where this scene begins. Okay, the audio on that clip is terrible. I wasn't able to pull good audio for that clip. The gorilla jumps in front of him and says, Time to make America grod again. Right before he snatches young Obama up by his throat. And right before the Legends of Tomorrow sweep in and save young Barack Obama. Make America grod again. Because the telepathic evil gorilla that's traveling through time to try and take out Barack Obama is obviously a Donald Trump supporter. I mean, clearly, that's the only type of evil gorilla that would do such a thing. Throughout the rest of the show, there's a bunch of Barack Obama references to how great he is. At one point in time, one of the superheroes, because they're in dire circumstances and they need someone to guide them through the Chaos with wisdom travels back into time and goes and gets advice for young from young Barack Obama and says, "Man, I really miss you." And then they flash his memory and they go back to fighting telepathic gorillas in space. It, the whole episode really just kind of uh, flattered Obama's ego, to use a non-vulgar choice of words. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for sharing that. That was telling. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that show, though. I have to tell you that. Yeah, don't watch it. There's really no need to. That is unless you want to get the progressive idea of what culture should be imposed upon your children on a nightly basis and watch shows that routinely use Trump campaign slogans as dialogue. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening.
Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com. Subscribe on the iTunes button or the Android button. Uh, we'd love to get some feedback. Leave us a rating. And thank you to everybody who's donated on Patreon and PayPal. We appreciate it. You are the reason that we can continue to do the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will talk to you next time. Thank Later. you, Monica. Thank you.